Hello and welcome to this third edition of the Heart Podcast. I'm Dr Alistair Lindsay, speaking from BME House in central London. Today's podcast will centre on a recent publication in Heart, entitled Unrecognised Myocardial Infarction and Long-Term Risk of Heart Failure in the Elderly, part of the Rotterdam Study. In this paper, Dr Leaning and his co-authors set out to examine the association between unrecognised myocardial infarction, in this case as detected by electrocardiography, and the long-term risk of heart failure. The results revealed some interesting differences between men and women and has important implications for clinical practice. I'm joined on the line now by the first author, Dr Leaning. Good evening. Good evening. Martin, thanks for joining us and many thanks for your publication, which we enjoyed reading here at Heart. I wondered if we could start uh, at first a little bit by talking about this concept of unrecognised MI, which, if I understand it correctly, has been around for, for many years, but for those cardiologists who are practising and tend to see recognised MIs in the clinic or in the emergency room is perhaps not something they deal with very often. Can you tell us a little bit more about this condition of unrecognised MI? Somewhere between uh, 20 to 50%, depending on uh, what studies you read, uh, out of all of uh, 20 to 50% out of all MIs are asymptomatic or escape clinical attention and um, uh, are only uh, found on routine EKGs or, uh, uh, by instance, uh, uh, when you make an EKG for another reason. And um, to my best knowledge, this, uh, this concept has first has been studied uh, for the first time during the 1940s and uh, at the first epidemiological reports. Uh, the initial reports are from the Framingham Heart Study, and they were during the mid-1950s, and uh, they first showed us uh, how uh, common this condition is and uh, what uh, prognosis it has. So I think that's a very interesting point, that a large proportion of all myocardial infarctions seem to escape clinical attention, and in your paper you state that this ranges from 21 to 33% in men and maybe even higher in women. And from the Framingham work, do we know much uh, about what happens to these patients or what their natural history is from there on? Well, the, the Framingham Heart Study looked at in, indeed at the national history of uh, um, these unrecognized MIs. They studied what the prognosis is on, on, other, on mortality and other cardiovascular outcomes such as heart failure, recurrent MI, uh, stroke, and angina. Um, and they showed us that these uh, unrecognized MIs, which at first uh, were thought to be benign conditions, are actually not that benign and have uh, uh, probably a similar prognosis as a recognized MI, which is treated. I see. And when we say unrecognized MI on an ECG, uh, are we talking mostly about Q waves? When it comes to epidemiological studies on unrecognized MI, most of the time it's concerning Q waves or similar EKG uh, changes like changes in R wave progression or QS ratios. Uh -huh. And uh, nowadays there are new modalities to uh, detect unrecognized MI, such as, for instance, echocardiography, which is uh, useful in detecting uh, wall motion abnormalities. And uh, recently we, uh, we have uh, the delayed enhanced cardiac uh, MRI um, to detect uh, smaller myocardial infarctions, old myocardial infarctions. And have either of those methods, either MRI or ECHO, have they been uh, applied to this problem of unrecognized MI as yet, to your knowledge? Absolutely, but to my best knowledge, uh, especially MRI has not been in use for
for large epidemiological studies because of the uh, cost. So your study using ECG to detect unrecognized MI uh, is a sub-study of the larger Rotterdam study, which I'm sure many people will have heard of. I wondered if you could just briefly sum up the, the uh, remit and the aims of the Rotterdam study for us. Of course. The, the Rotterdam study is uh, in basic design uh, straightforward. It's a prospective cohort study uh, among initially about 8,000 persons living in, uh, in Omoort. It's a district in the city of Rotterdam in the Netherlands. They were all aged 55 or over, and the oldest participant was actually over 100 years old when the study started. The study started in 1990, and so we have over 20 years of uh, follow-up, and uh, it targets cardiovascular, endocrine, hepatic, neurological, ophthalmic, psychiatric, and uh, respiratory diseases. And since uh, as of 2008, we have nearly 15,000 subjects aged 45 years or over. I see. So a very wide-ranging study. So you decided to focus in on this particular problem of unrecognized MI. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how the study was set up, its design, and what its main outcome measures were? We looked at the initial cohort, which uh, comprised of nearly 8,000 subjects, and we um, at baseline we had 2,581 men and 3,724 women aged 55 years and over, and we classified them on the basis of uh, their ECG, uh, the interview, and clinical data onto those with recognized MI. Um, that were those which had a history of myocardial infarction confirmed by their physicians with or without evidence under ECG. And then there's those without a history of myocardial infarction with EKG uh, evidence of myocardial infarction. So those are the, actually the ones with an unrecognized MI. And then there are those without an MI and without ECG evidence of myocardial infarction. I see. Then we followed up these uh, participants for uh, the outcome of heart failure, and um, we had uh, a median follow-up time of over 13 years in which uh, 823 cases of heart failure occurred. I see. And how did you define uh, an episode of heart failure? Was it clinical presentations, clinical signs and symptoms, or did you use any imaging studies as well? Um, we had an uh, extensive monitoring system in which we could monitor the, paper, the participants of the Rotterdam study with a linkage system to all of their general practitioners. And we had all available data on these events, such as uh, hospital discharge letters and the notes of the general practitioners and their um, laboratory results and, and chest x-rays, for example. And we used a systematic uh, follow-up procedure when uh, we used this uh, the hospital discharge diagnosis and the uh, diagnosis made by general practitioners and those uh, physicians working in the nursing homes in the area. Uh, we defined heart failure as uh, the first occurrence of symptoms of suggestive of heart failure um, or the day of the receipt of a first prescription of a loop diuretic or ACE inhibitor. Um, and the, uh, we looked at the, uh, the presence of symptoms and uh, to define heart failure, you need to have at least two symptoms, such as breathlessness at rest or during exertion, uh, ankle edema, pulmonary crepitations, and uh, all of this confirmed by objective evidence of cardiac dysfunction, such as a chest X-ray, echocardiography, um, or other uh, additional examinations. I see. So quite a comprehensive clinical assessment. 
Yes, indeed. Okay, so if we move on to the results, uh, I thought one of the really interesting things about this paper was that you found that unrecognized MI has uh, a different natural history in men as opposed to women. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, in men, we uh, found that uh, uh, 37% of those with an unrecognized MI developed heart failure during uh, the 15 years of follow-up we had, and 39% of those with a recognized MI, uh, compared to 17% of those without a history of MI. And uh, remarkably, in women, we saw that there were, um, uh, in unrecognized MI, only 13% uh, developed heart failure um, compared to 28% of those with a recognized MI, um, which resulted in, in uh, uh, some Cox models, Cox, Cox professional hazard models, and um, this gave uh, comparable hazard ratios for men uh, when it comes to recognized and unrecognized MI, but they were um, very different in women. Um, in fact, unrecognized myocardial infarction was not associated with uh, heart failure when compared to those without myocardial infarction. So very interesting finding that there should be such a gross difference between men and women. So the next question I have to ask is, do we have any insight into why this might be or, or the mechanisms that cause this? Is it perhaps something to do with the way that we detect unrecognized MI differs between men and women? Or is it actually something pathophysiological, by which I mean, is it a different type of myocardial infarction that we're detecting or does it have a different influence in women? Um, we think it's probably the first uh, uh, reason you mentioned. Uh, the, gen uh, the gender difference in prognosis has been consistent in the literature, uh, also for other cardiovascular outcomes such as stroke, cerebral small vessel disease, recurrent MI, uh, and death of cardiovascular origin. Uh, all of these outcomes uh, are associated with uh, unrecognized MI in men and uh, not or in a lesser extent in women. A plausible explanation, which has also been suggested by researchers from the Framingham Heart Study in one of their reports, is that um, ECG abnormalities uh, not caused by coronary artery disease can be mistaken for MI due to difficulties in uh, ECG placement owing to breast tissue in women. Um, and therefore, the, uh, there would be some overestimation uh, in, of unrecognized MI in women. Um, this is furthermore um, uh, supported by the favorable overall cardiovascular risk profile we found in the women with unrecognized MI compared to those with a recognized MI or compared with men with an MI of any type. And um, the women in the unrecognized MI group in our study were significantly more adipose than the women in the other two study groups. So this could possibly have led to uh, difficulties in ECG uh, placement or interpretation. Very interesting. So it may be the sensitivity of the test or the way that we carried out the ECG here that was influencing things as well as the clinical factors. So to sum up, I have to ask you how you feel we should take this information and apply it to everyday clinical practice. It would seem to me that men with unrecognized MI are at very high risk and that they are perhaps patients who need to be targeted in primary care by their general practitioners or other doctors. Uh, 
Yes, indeed. Unrecognized MI has been considered as a benign condition until, say, 20 to 25 years ago. And it's, it's relatively common, as we show in our study as well. And the fact that, especially in men, uh, the prognosis is comparable to, to those with a recognized MI, which is treated and given proper cardiovascular prevention, underscores the, uh, the fact that you should not disregard finding of an unrecognized MI and uh, proper cardiac analysis and, and secondary preventive uh, measures should be uh, taken. And furthermore, we could perhaps imply that especially general practitioners should be cautious in, in jumping to conclusions when finding uh, an unrecognized MI on an ECG in a woman and instead uh, should refer them to a cardiologist to do some, perhaps some extra testing to make sure that the diagnosis is correct. Well, Martin, thank you very much for summing up your paper so beautifully, and uh, we really enjoyed reading it here at Heart. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Heart Podcast. Please look out for our next podcast, which will be published online soon.